The Coaching You Podcast is presented by Huddle Basketball and Huddle Assist, your best solution to capture and analyze every aspect of the game from the first tip to the final buzzer. Hey, welcome to the Coaching You Podcast presented by Huddle and Huddle Assist. This is the coach, Brendan Sir, and our guest today is Dustin Kearns, the head coach of Appalachian State. Someone who I've known since he was a young, young person coming out of college. I think you will find his journey and his path to a head coaching position now at Appalachian State to be one that you will really enjoy. So sit back, enjoy, and after this short time out, Dustin Kearns. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just a box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like the line, like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's H-U-D-L dot com slash assist to learn more. So excited today to have a longtime friend. And, you know, I like to be a mentor to a lot of younger coaches. And this one, uh, you know, he, I, I mentor him. And for one of my times, it's it's kind of worked good. Dustin Kearns, the head coach of Appalachian <laughs> State, is our guest today. DK, welcome, my friend. Coach, sir, it's always a pleasure. Uh, I've learned so much from you uh, over the years. You've always uh, given me incredible wisdom. Even when I got the head job at Presbyterian, I, I remember like this today. I did too. Uh, calling you and uh, speaking to you for about an hour, and you uh, couldn't take enough notes. 
And so um, I appreciate you. I'm honored to be on here. Thanks. I remember. I remember that call, and uh, and uh, I was in my backyard in Windermere, Florida, and I'm walking out there, and I had a pretty big lot uh, up on a golf course there, and I'm walking that thing for an hour. I got dogs out there walking around, and I'm and I'm saying, "What the hell did you do? Why did you take that job? You left Wofford. <laughs> what are you doing, Mike Young? You have a great team. You got Fletcher McGee. It's the worst D one job in America. What are you doing? And you know what? You 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 have great explanation, and more importantly, I think what really sets people apart is." You know, when you take a really tough job that no one has been able to have success with and you are instantly able to turn it around. So I think that's you be, you become a turnaround artist and stuff. But uh, let's figure out how that all started. Uh, you know, let's talk about, you know, influences in your life. We talk about Larry Shiat. Talk about Shy as an influencer to you. Well, so thankful um, of, of my decision to, to go to Clemson, be a student assistant and learn from what is just a high character person. And there are, I got spoiled in the sense that I thought after spending time with him and Matt Driscoll, uh, the late Bobby Hussey, mm-hmm. um, so many people, I thought as a young guy, I thought everybody was like that, you know, like, Hey, this is just the way great, this is the way coaches are. They're just, they care about you and they, and they, 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 they value you. And, and unfortunately, I don't know if that's the, the exact case, but I was spoiled in the sense that I got to learn at such an early age, um, the, and be around coaches with just that were ongoing learners and that were obsessed with getting better and communicated uh, and taught the game in, in such a way. Um, it just, it was a great learning experience. Um, still a mentor. Um, and that hasn't changed. And so, um, very, very thankful that, um, I, I got, I got to learn, um, his perspective and his way of doing things at such an early age. Um, yeah, because you, ultimately you kind of, you, you, we all have our own different philosophies and, and, and ways of doing things, but, um, I, I respected and admired those guys so much because of the way they treated people, uh, the way they truly love the game. And, and then they, they, they enjoy developing people like you. They, they take a lot of pride in, 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 in trying to develop players, but also young coaches. And um, I think Coach Shy has a moral compass that is um, at just a, a high level. So very thankful to be with him. Yeah, Shy, uh, we're the same age, and uh, we've known each other since he started in coaching when he was at New Mexico and then at Cleveland State, and I was, you know, coming up at the same time, and uh, you know, and it, and it turned out to be one of those relationships that we were friendly over the years, and then as we got older, it got closer. And you know, he's one of those guys that I have to talk to every week. And um, he's wired. Uh, you're right, moral compass is incredible. Um, 
but you know i think we're both wired the same way and that we want to really help people i remember the time when we used to have the aau tournament down at disney every year uh, the final event of the summer and uh and i was in the nba then and uh and but living close by and uh i would get my call from you as the aau tournament starting and said coach i'm in town can we go to get a bite to eat and i never forget the night you and i went to fuddruckers over there by disney fuddruckers yeah remember that yeah and, and, and oh yeah and I, I never saw a cheeseburger last two and a half hours because I wouldn't take a damn bite out of it because we just kept talking. And, and, and I think one of the keys to you learning and growing and have that growth mindset is you ask great questions and stuff like that. How do you acquire that, uh, you know, gift? Well, I, I just, I've, um, I, I just have realized I've got a lot to learn and and take advantage of of wisdom and, and experience like with people like you and and i knew going into that conversation is why i called you because i knew it would be just a a learning and growth experience and and i remember that um i remember other times that uh we've had conversations and 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 and, and dinner and and um i just I just know as a coach, it's the same thing that I ask of our players. Hey, listen, never be satisfied. Let's try to get better. Let's try to get better. Every day is a day to get better. If I ask our players to do that, I've got to do the same myself. And I just enjoy it. I sure. enjoy uh, learning and growing. And, and just I, I never feel like that I'm – I've always felt like I've got room for growth, which I do, and I still do. I've still got a long way to go. You know, when you got out of Clemson, um, you know, I think – you know, I always love to follow people's paths, you know, because when you do make it, you look back and you watch and see, as my friend Brad Stevens says, the problem with a lot of young people, and this is not a knock on our young coaching people in the business, but, and I have to say this though, young people in general, not coaches, but young people in general want to skip steps. And that's what Brad says, yeah. you know, you can't skip steps to make it in anything in life. If you do, it's luck, okay, in my opinion. Uh, so you didn't skip any steps. Talk to our listeners and give them a little bit of your path and who you learned from and worked for. And and I think it's so important, the kind of people that you did all along the way, because I know every single one of them, and they were really meaningful in your development. Well, and everybody's got a different journey, and that's what I talk to our players about, too. It's no different player. Everybody has their own race. Mm. Everybody's running their own different race. And so when you start getting in the comparison game, well, why has that guy got that job, or why has that guy become a head coach? Like, fortunately, I think that stuff's uh, very common to think that way and, and, and really human nature. But early on in my career, I heard that piece of advice. Hey, don't do that. And I committed myself to not thinking that way. Mm -hmm. And I was happy for others that they were getting opportunities because I, and, and, and I realized that I'm running a different race and, um, I hope to finish that race, but I'm running a different race just as Shane Battier and Elton Brand ran different races at Duke. And I just, I, I, I know that's not the quote, normal way of thinking, but I didn't want to be normal. I, I, I really tried to commit myself to bloom where I was planted, immerse myself where I was at, 
And because that's what the people like you and Larry Shiat and people told me, don't get caught up in the next job. Don't get be chasing all, you know, all this stuff. Like just immerse yourself in the job you have now, wherever that may be. And don't get caught up in levels. It's, it's, it's not about where you're at. It's about who you're with mm. and making the decisions to take jobs based on the people, not the place. And uh, yeah, I was offered some jobs along my coaching career, coaching career that I said no to. And I, 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 it was, that was the, um, that was what I tried to do is, 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 is who I'm with versus where it is. And, um, it didn't get caught up in the level and things like that. It's where am I valued? You know, where do I quote, uh, have a seat at the table and where am I going to learn? You know, my sure. first job, I, I went around working camps all my time at, uh, Clemson and, and I went and worked Kentucky's camp a bunch, five, six times. Wow. Mike Sutton was the camp director as an assistant coach at Kentucky. Think about that. I mean, an assistant coach at Kentucky, not a, not a support staff, but an actual assistant coach was the camp director at the university of Kentucky. And I had never, I'll never forget it. Your close friend, Kevin Eastman, uh, was there to work out, uh, Kentucky's players at six o'clock in the morning before camp started. And I got up as a 19, 22 year old guy that, that, you know, you're working camp from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. You're exhausted. And um, I got up at 6 a.m. to watch Kevin Eastman's workouts and try to learn. And I was the only coach there. But there happened to be one guy there watching his players, Mike Sutton. As an assistant, he was there watching his players work out. And so I remember some mornings where I was tired, exhausted. But I would try to tell myself, hey, be different. Uh, how bad do you, how bad do you want this? Uh, you, how are you going to separate yourself? And so getting up and going and spending time, uh, coach Sutton and I developed a relationship just sitting there at 6am watching Kevin Eastman work out Kentucky's players. Well, he gets the head, I graduate, he gets the head job at Tennessee tech Mm -hmm. and calls me and says, Hey, I want you to be my director of operations at 22 years old. And, and I'm so thankful for that experience because I got to do, um, get my hands involved in just the Everything. academics, the travel. And so as a head coach, now I, I, I understand that position. I understand that getting to the hotel and the keys aren't ready and, or you get to the restaurant and the, and the food's late. And, and so I understand that, you know, you're relying on a lot of times other people to, to do your job, but I've experienced that stuff. And so that helps me with my perspective now. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I made the decision to go to Tennessee. I grew up in Tennessee, uh, worked for a GA for Buzz Peterson, and I was thankful because I really got to learn a lot about recruiting and, um, the, you know, and, and see the, the, you know, that level and, and learn that. And then um, uh, Mike Young, who just became the head coach at Wofford, they had been at Division One for two years, um, and I, I, this is, this kind of goes back to the relationships, you know, you, you told me, you taught me at an early age, there's five keys to being a good coach. Okay. That I never forgot. Brendan, sir, five keys to being a good coach, relationships, trust, 
communication, belief, and respect. And I've never forgotten that. But going back to relationships, I remember uh, Coach Scheid was out of the profession before he went to Florida. And I'd heard back then, I mean, we barely had, had cell phones. It just started out in 2003, four. And I, I'd heard about an assistant job at Wofford that was open. So I knew Larry Scheid had been up to watch Mike Young practice. I didn't know Mike Young. So I, I remember like it was yesterday. It was a Friday night, and I called Coach Scheid, and I said, Coach, I heard there's an assistant spot at Wofford. Now, I was a GA at Tennessee, finishing up my master's, so I'm going to be kind of done. Um, and so I kind of had to, to move forward. And because that relationship with Larry Scheid, I said, Coach, maybe on Monday, you know, I heard there's a spot at Wofford, maybe on Monday or so through the weekend, um, if you wouldn't mind calling Mike Young. And I'll never forget it. He goes, Monday? I'll call him right now. I'll hmm. call you right back. And so he calls me back in 10 minutes. Hey, I just talked to Mike Young. Uh, he doesn't know what he's going to do, but, um, you know, hey, listen, here's the situation, and it's it doesn't pay a lot, et cetera, whatever. I never, I never talked to Coach about it again. Um, I ended up, you know, Coach Young interviewed five people, and um, I was the first one of five interviews. And um, I didn't have a suit. Like, I literally didn't have a suit. Um, and so I went and bought a suit at Belk for my interview. And I'm sitting there, and um, the night before the interview, and Mike Young calls me. Hey, hey uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. But don't come in here walking and wearing a suit. <laughs> I knew that was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, Coach, um, <clears throat> no problem. No, no, you know, no, no, no problem. And so, I when I when I arrived at Wofford the next day, um, I showed up and he said, "Yeah, you listen. I like you. You know, because I, I didn't, but I didn't have my brand new suit on. But um, I remember after Coach Young called me and and offered me the job um and then later on that summer we were on the road recruiting together and i'm 24 and i asked him in the car coach can i ask you something why did you hire me <laughs> and um because sometimes hey you got to know somebody no nah, i mean in fact when i we can go through that i hired people that I didn't know what, and I and I like that. I think it's coaching staff, not coaching friends. Right. And and so, but anyway, Mike Young told me. Larry Shy called me five times about you, <laughs> and he kept telling me, "You've got to hire this guy. You've got to hire this guy." <laughs> and and I said, Coach, I only knew you talked to him one time. And 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 so, back to what you told me relationships and and trust and so you know that's something i'll never forget and i'm so thankful and then um let's you know what i love that and i'm going to tell you a quick chuck daly thing i hope that was a blue suit it was okay it was chuck says you never know why he looks bad in a blue suit and the good thing about it, buying it at belks you can return it 
So that and yeah. also as well. Hey, Dustin, we're going to take a quick time out, and we're going to come right back to visit with our friend Dustin Kearns from Appalachian State. MindView is an amazing, amazing company that literally is just releasing a platform. They have developed an incredible assessment that we have just totally, totally been blown away with. Because on this assessment that you can take in a matter of 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes on your phone, the things that you've never been able to measure before, like resilience, grit, hope, adaptability, all these things, they are able to measure them as to how you're thinking and feeling right now. This is a game changer as far as I'm concerned. I'm a strength finder guy. I love all that. But MindView is the latest technology. It is just literally coming on the market right now. The platform that they've created is second to none. The emphasis right now on your players' mental wellness is unprecedented. I'm sold on MindView. Now it's your turn. For more information about MindView, M-I-N-D-V-U-E, please contact the COO, Cleet McQuinn. His email is cmcquinn at mindview.com or visit their website at mindview.com. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game training and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades. 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class. It can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.play360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. Hey, we're back with uh, Dustin Kearns from App State, and uh, I love the story. I love the blue suit, and you know what? I nowadays, you, if it was the summertime, would it be okay if a guy came and you told him come casual? If a guy came in shorts and a polo, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, if that's what, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think so. I, I think, think so that's too. More you know, yeah. Natural. I mean, you know, what, what the heck, you know? Because that's how he's going to go recruit in the summertime, right? You know, if we sure. ever, if we ever get out again, right? You know, but so tell me now after your visit with Mike Young, and we'll come back to Mike later on. But you know, you take a, a really really cool job and one, uh, you know, where you have to kind of change sides of the country for a little southern guy. So how was that? So yeah, my time at Tennessee, I spent some time there with Kerry Keating, and Kerry um, was, you know, I think for a big part of me going to Tennessee um, and a GA, and then I I get there at the Tennessee as a GA, and I show up to the office, and he's on an interview at UCLA, and so <laughs> uh, then he takes the UCLA job, and so but we stayed in touch, and and he helped UCLA to back-to-back Final Fours, and so mm-hmm. he gets the Santa Clara job, and he calls me. I'm at Wofford. I just got married. Um, 
And my wife had never been to California. I'd been out there with the Michael Jordan flight school a couple times, but never really spent time. And so Carrie said, Hey, I, I, I want, I want somebody out of region. I know California. Uh, I got to hire a couple California guys, but I want to, we want to recruit the Midwest here a little bit. I'm comfortable with you. And me and my wife thought about it and said, if we're ever going to do something like this, mm-hmm. now's the time. 27, no kids, just got married. And it was incredible just for our marriage and relationship. She loved it. Mm-hmm. She worked in San Francisco. And so went out there and really we talk about, you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Like I'm, I had to build a whole new relationships with uh, AAU coaches and high school coaches. I didn't know where anything was, um, but I, I, I learned a ton. And competing against the Gonzagas and the BYUs and the St. Mary's, I learned a ton. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from Kerry. Uh, we had you out one yep, time yep. to speak at our coaching clinic. Um, but, you know, six years and uh, we we won a, we won the CIT, we won the CBI, and we had a me and my wife started our family in California, so that's always a special place. Our our mm-hmm. daughter was born out there, and six years, and um, Mike Young calls back and said, "Hey, I want you to come back as the associate head coach." And uh, my wife and I, being from this area, six years, and we felt like it was it was time, and I felt. Once again, it's for me, it was who I was with, not where I was at. And it was a place that I was familiar with. It was a place that a guy that I was comfortable with and, and, and learned a lot from the first time. And so come back and, um, you know, credit to Coach Young, you know, very successful and winning games. And then, um, you know, four years back with him, and and the Presbyterian job, you know, popped open. And uh, very, very thankful and fortunate and humbled that um, I was able to, to, to become the head coach there. And uh, um, and so then we kind of go from there. Hey, so. when when, uh, when you were – give me the years you were at Wofford. So I was there as an assistant from 04 to 07. No, as the associate. And then it, yeah. it was uh, 13 – 13 to 17. Yeah, so you got to coach against a legend when you came to LSU, didn't you? Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember we gave, oh, you, yeah. we gave you a boatload of money to come in and play Ben Simmons, and I remember you and Mike said to me, hey, Brenton, we want to take our guys out to eat the night before. I had to stay at the Renaissance Hotel, I think, right there, a beautiful yeah, hotel, yeah. And, and I think I sent you to the uh, – Alex, was it Alexander's uh, right across the street? A really great restaurant. Uh, and I remember. He, I don't says, remember the name of it. it. Was very good though. Yeah, and he says, "Hey, very come on good. over and have dinner with us." And I said, "I think that might be going a little too far." <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but, that's that. But that's that's Coach Young, and that's why he's successful. Oh, have, you know, and I, and one, one thing him. that I learned from him, I learned a lot from him. One thing I learned from him, and we say it around here now, and we said it around Presbyterian, now we say it around App State, is we take our job serious, we don't take ourselves serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you would have came over and had dinner with us that night, he wouldn't have thought a thing about it. Oh, no, he invited me. And we'd have had a big old time. Yeah, oh, he, he was. He was 
I no, I I think the world of them. And I'll tell you what, I I got to go back, and I think it was the first game of the year. I I almost want to say it was the first game of the year for both teams. It was. And, it was. And and, and I remember uh, I had to scout, and I said to myself, and and uh, I'm sitting right now as we're recording this with. Uh, my partner Zach Kendrick and we're preparing for that game and going over. It was the hardest scout that we prepared for all year because you guys ran such great stuff, and you know. But it that, that and I love that. That is you know in preparation to prepare for someone that can really coach and stuff. That was fun. That was fun. We scared the daylights out of us going into it, but it was really good. And was Fletcher? Uh, you know, was he like a sophomore? Maybe Fletcher was a sophomore. Yeah. He was a sophomore, yeah. Yeah, so it was really good, and we had a really talented team and stuff, obviously. But, but those are fun. Those are fun, fun times. But, uh, but tell me, tell me now, when you were with Mike Young, who I think the world of, um, his style of play and the offense that he runs is as good as it gets. I think you know, doing the most mm -hmm. with your play talent. Did when you now decided to take a head coaching job? Now you've had two. Uh, how much of what Mike did did you carry over? A lot defensively. A lot defensively. Offensively, I felt like that was something that you have to really, really recruit to yeah. and, and, and show in recruiting. And so I, I've played a little differently offensively, mm -hmm. whether that's you know right or wrong. There's, but there's some concepts and there's some teaching that I've certainly carried over. You know, I think that the biggest thing that I've carried over for him is, you know, how to, um, you know, keep a daily pulse on your team in the locker room, um, on the court. He's so, so good at that. So good at it. It's a gift that um, he, he, he knows what his team needs and, and, and then he'll go and execute it. He, he's... Um, but he's he's a guy that doesn't get too high at the highs or low at the lows, mm -hmm. and he's incredible at eliminating entitlement from everybody in the program. Wow! And so those are the things that I really carried over from him. Um, those kind of methods and just sort of a a way of doing things more than an offensive play or anything like that. It's more of um, a way of life and a, in a, in a standard, um, of behavior and from everyone in the program. And I think that's a credit to him that in, 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 in the way he was brought up as a coach and in the way he built Wofford, you know, he took Wofford from, um, D2 to D1 to the top 25. Wow. And, um, and just, you know, committed to that process. So, like, he never, he's never changed who he is as a person. He's he's evolved with his offense and defense and changed some things over the years. But as far as um, just worrying about the main thing, he always said this around the office, we're going to keep the main thing the main thing. And... Um, I learned so much from him in those regards about just spending your energy and on what matters. Good point. And, and, 
you know, I think sometimes as coaches, we, we get pulled and turned in so many different directions for whatever it may be, because there's just a lot of responsibilities on the court and off the court from, you know, but, but he just worries about what matters and he doesn't let, um, external things, uh, bother him and get him all worked up. Um, yeah, yeah, this, this is a, I could tell so many stories about him, but we were, we were in the uh, conference tournament one time and we were the one seed in 2015. And so the pressure's on you to win it, especially one bid league. And we were really good. I think we were like 25 and six. And so it was like the pressure's on us to uh, win it. And that's a different type of pressure in a one bid league. And, um, a, a, another a division two coach in the area asked if he could watch our practice. Well, me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to connect some dots and things. Okay. Who all does this guy know? Well, that guy was a former assistant of a guy that one of the, maybe the two seat or the three seat or something like that. So I'm like, ah, oh, he's going to watch our practice. And so I went over to coach and I said, Hey coach, so-and-so, you know, asked if he can watch practice, but coach, you need to know something. He was, he worked, you know, and he goes, DK, I could care less if he watched practice. I'll give him the plays to our, I'll give him the names of our plays. If you want, like, I don't care. All he was focused on was getting our team to do what he wanted them to do. Yeah. And that kind of stuff taught me a lot. Like, and so I really try to do that now. Just, uh, focus on yeah uh, i don't get paranoid of hey coach like one of my says hey coach so-and-so wants to watch practice okay bring him on yeah and i don't get paranoid. well who's he know well, who's he know no no just yeah let him come watch practice i don't care because i learned that from him because i just try to spend my energy on what matters and the main thing but he's he's it's a gift for him like yeah. he's truly just and i think that's maybe his 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 background and the way he come up um through the you know I think when he got to Wofford, it was NAI. Yeah. Um, and I offered with NAI to D2 to D1. And so it's just, um, but the common denominator in Wofford basketball is Mike Young. Yeah. And, but so many things I learned from him, but, but that's just a, a story I want to share. It just kind of taught me like, uh, it's not his X's and O's and the misdirection in this play. Yeah. That stuff's great stuff. And it's really hard to guard, but it's the other stuff. Um, and it's it's truly a gift. Hey, you know, you you know, I was I was thinking about it. I think you know, having been a college coach for fifteen years, um, one of the things that I did observe is that college coaches, as a group, uh, for the most part, think that you know they have maybe you know have the next this major discovery for Apple, Amazon, or Google. You know, they think that you know. Where, you know, I mean, like, and it's, it's not even good stuff, you know, and NBA, <laughs> NBA guys are doing phenomenal stuff. And, you know, if you, I mean, you've been to coaching you, I mean, the NBA guys come in and they give you everything they do. A college coach, if we had one come in, he might not give hardly anything. And it's so silly <laughs> because it really, 
you know, Mike maybe ran the same plays back when they were NAI, but when Fletcher McGee and the other boys arrived, all of a sudden that stuff really works. Now, it's all about your players and their execution and stuff like that. And the NBA, they everyone knows what's going every night. Everyone knows the personnel. You know, he said, but when those guys execute and they come and play, you know, the better team usually does win, right? You know, so it's not, a, and that's what I get a kick out of, you know, about that. And Mike has exactly the right philosophy, you know. Last last year when I was at Stetson, Donnie Jones led up. <clears throat> Everyone in the town that wanted to come and watch practice could come. I mean, you know, no one does that, you know. And But we had all these old timers led by the great Glenn Wilkes' court, you know, we practice on. And he was 92 years old, and all of his old buddies in their 80s loved to come to practice because they they went to breakfast in the morning and they came to Stetson practice at 10 a.m. and it was That's their great. it was their place to meet. And all of a sudden, it, there's nothing better. And I and I said this to Raveling when we did a a call honoring Glenn that. You know, when you have an elderly guy in the place and they get a cell phone call during your practice and they take the call and because they don't hear that well and they, they start yelling into the cell phone and Donnie, <laughs> and Donnie Jones would not even, he acted like he didn't hear a thing because we honored that we were allowing, he was allowing us to practice on his court. And you know what? Who cared? And the players loved them, and they loved having those old-timers in there. And I think that's the way to go about it nowadays, you know? I think it's really a gift. But we'll take another quick timeout, and we're going to come back with my friend DK. Thanks. Prepare like the pros with the new Fast Draw. Fast Draw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school-level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video, and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content and resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next Fast Model purchase. Dustin Kern's back with us. Dustin, with all the success at Wofford, now all of a sudden an opportunity, I think it was about 25 minutes away, down the road, a Presbyterian opens. And was it during the summer even? Almost. It was uh, it was in April, but they did not make their hire until late May. Okay, seemed like it was in the summer, but uh, you know, I remember uh, we talked about it, and and when you took the job, you know, my first question is, are you sure? Are you sure you want to take this job? You know, because there's one thing about winning; it's lovely, and it's hardest thing in coaching is to lose, right? I mean, that, there's no doubt about that. Uh, we Shiat and I have a saying that winning is a life support system of coaching, you know. And, uh, and but why take the job at Presbyterian? And I think this is good for well, all young coaches to understand why people want to take a job. Well, I think that um, I didn't want to just be a head coach just to be a head coach, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I wanted to I wanted to be a good one, and. I felt like it was a great fit for me. 
small private liberal arts institution, like you said, 25 minutes, 25 minutes down the road. My seven years at Wofford, um, I had I had seen the transformation there from you know Wofford Presbyterian is the smallest Division One school with by enrollment, and Wofford I think is second. Really? Um, yeah, and so I was just comfortable and familiar with that sort of you know small private school uh, liberal arts setting, but I also believe this, and I, I think people may disagree with me, but that's fine. Um, I think there's two kind of jobs, good jobs and no jobs. <laughs> now, I think there's jobs that um, are tough, right? But I don't believe in just there's, quote, bad jobs. I think there's tougher jobs mm-hmm. based off of tradition, based off of resources, based off of, you know, uh, academics requirement. There, there's tougher jobs, but I took that as I I, I I didn't go into the thinking this was a bad this this is a tough job, and 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 so um, uh, when I got there, I'm fortunate enough to get the job. Um, I did a couple, you know, things that I I, I you know I was just comfortable with that I. And then I did the same thing in App State. But the first thing that I did, the very first thing I did was I called the players and the parents. So my phone's blowing up and all that, but my, I'm on the phone with the players and the parents. And as a program that went it went five and twenty five the year before, and and I told them, oh, and I did the same thing in App State. I coach here, and you play here, and so you're my players, and you're never going to feel anything different. I'm not going to watch any film on you. You've got a clean start. Mm-hmm. What you've done before, what you've shot from the field, three-point free throw, doesn't matter to me. You've got a clean start, and um, and we're all in this together. And, and so I thought that was critical looking back, you know, um, because we had a kid at Presbyterian that – um, if I would have watched film on him in his first two seasons, he was the starting point guard in the first two seasons. He had made three threes and he played 28, 29, 30 minutes a game, hmm. three threes in two years. Um, in his senior year with us, he made 47. Wow. And so all, all I'm saying was, I don't think it was as me or him. It was just, you know, um, giving him a fresh start and and, and, and giving him a, a a breath of fresh air and and um, but but I also think that I went in with my when, when we build our staff, which I think is so critical. Okay, it's it's uh, the most important decisions you're going to make when you take over a job are personnel decisions, staff and players, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I when we when we got our staff in place early on, I went up to the the dry race board in the office, and I put, "Why can't we win here?" And I said, "I want you to, I want us to to, to put up on this board why we can't win here." And um, 
I wanted to train our staff to think the way I was thinking. Mm-hmm. That and and so I said, if we do put some, something on here, here on here, then we're going to attack it and we're going to scratch through it eventually. But I want you all to go into this the same way I am, that we're going to win here, and it's a no-excuse mentality. Um, and we're going to find the right people, and, and, and we're going we're gonna, to you know, build things and, and do things to a standard and, and help these players believe the same way. And, and then with the team... I got this from Shyatt, but I went to the team early on when we got, um, well, I got hired late May. It was directly during a dead period, and the players were all home. Mm. And so it was really unique. And so I got in the car and went and visited some of the players and, their, and, 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 um, and the staff, and we got in the car and, and went and had lunch with them and things like that because it was drivable. But when they all came for summer school, it was the first time we all had gotten around them. And one of the first things I did as a team was in the locker room, I said, I went to the board and I said, Hey, what does a loser act like, talk like, and work like? And they called out answers. I said, These, I want you all to call them out. Uh, lazy, uncoachable, uh, makes excuses. They, they, and so the board was full, about 24, 25 things. And I said, all right, I'm leaving this up here. And you should walk in this locker room every day and look at it and say, that's not me. And that's not us. And I said, because before we win, we have got to understand what loses. You can't just show up and just say, hey, we're going to win. You've really got to help your players. But that's the thing. They know. It was their answers. They know. Kids, kids play sports. They know what wins and what loses. Absolutely. But you've got to help them understand what loses before you help them understand what wins. And so I left that up on the board for months. Months. And uh, my first year at Presbyterian, um, we went in the Christmas break at, at uh, I think, 7-5. and five. And had played Tennessee and NC State and uh, Virginia Tech and and, and think, but 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 like I, I tried to um, instill in them a belief. And changing the mindset is difficult. That's more than changing, like getting them to believe that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I came to App State, I did the same thing, and. Uh, I took the same sort of uh, I took the same approach um, because this program had lost eight years in a row, and um, I did some of the same exercises. But it's a process; like it's not going to just happen overnight. But you've got to. There's the good days add up. The good days add up, and um, you know I think that if you can, for the way we do things, this isn't. I'm. It's, this is not. I'm the coach, and you're the team. Yeah. I mean, I always make it. We're on. We're in it together, and uh, but th- those are some of the the the, the, the things that I've done um, in taking over programs. DK, one of the things that um, that I'm always intrigued by, you know, uh, you, when you, you go into, let's say, I'm really familiar with App State, you know, uh, but when when you um, 
when you go into a place and you want to put your stamp on it, talk about what you did defensively last year when you go in. How do you establish that? You know, and, and everyone has their own style. There's nothing wrong. You know, you could be Jim Beheim and go in, and he's coming in, and he's going to play 2-3 zone, or like Mike Hopkins when he went to Washington. He's coming and playing 2-3 zone. doesn't matter if he's got the best athletes in the West Pac-12 or not. That's what he does because that's what he knows. What, how, what did you decide that was important for you, let's say, defensively? Style of play. Well, I felt like that um, – I, I I came in and I I evaluated and I listened and I learned and I met with every player. Hey, why do you what 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 do you think needs to change? And I just took a bunch of notes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I asked, I called former players. Hey, you watching games? What do you think needs to change? And 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 the common theme was, we've got to be better defensively. We mm-hmm. just got to be better defensively. We got to play. We got to defend for one another. It, it, this isn't just hey, uh, all right, I'm I'm in my gap because my coach tells me I'm in my gap. Right. It's I'm in my gap because that's what my teammate needs, and it's team defense. This isn't well. Okay, well he scored on him, and, and to try to explain to them that no, this is team defense. It's scored on. We got we got scored on. This is scored on us. It's all five people, you know, um, you know, working together. But I just felt like that had to be our identity last year after coming in and evaluating and learning. Like we've got to establish and implement uh, that sort of identity that we are going to uh, be difficult to score. We're going we're gonna... to and, – and I credit our players and our coaching staff for sure. being committed to it, and, um, and, and we ended up being – we finished second in the Sun Belt in defense last year. I don't know what we are this year. Um, I think we're but, – but, you know um, – I, I, it's it's part of that process, though, yeah. of of helping the players understand. After you help them understand what loses, you got to help them understand what wins. Well, well defense wins. Yeah, All right, that's the that's the old coach cliche is saying. Um, but really, really getting them to buy in that hey, you know what, it does. Shooting's hot and cold. Defense isn't, and and and, and so once they kind of see the results and kind of get into it, I thought last year our team kind of got into it. And and really bought into the defensive side of the ball, and 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 that that stuff helps because that when you when you move to the next step, all right, what well, wins? Um, defense has got to be one of those things. I don't, I just don't think um, you can defend and you not defend and, and win. I just that's just yeah, and and, and the players know that. So. And, and the Sun Belt is a very underrated, very tough conference, and and it really, it, I think it. When you go on the road in that conference, as it is anywhere, but it's really hard to win in the Sun Belt on the road. And so defense travels, right? And so that's why it's, you know, you might not shoot well, you know, at certain places, you know, at Lafayette or at Little Rock or someplace or Georgia Southern. But, but you know what? If you can defend anywhere, right? That's, that's, that's why it's a good philosophy you have. This Sun Belt is, a, is is just like any other league. Great coaches, great players, and uh, there there's every night is just a battle and a fight. And, and so you've got to be good defensively, um, and good in transition defense and things like that. Otherwise, you're just you're going to get carved up. Dustin, when you're when you're now uh, and now you've gone through it a year. Now you're starting your second year in that conference. Um, you know when when you decided. 
and now you you know your players and you recruit some kids. Uh, what did you decide to do offensively? Um, maybe t- what's your style of play offensively? So when you're going out there, you know, the old thing, when they were going out to recruit, here's my basic thing about college coaches, because pros, we don't have to recruit. So, you know, we don't have to worry about saying, hey, we play an upbeat style of play in the NBA or, you know, hey, we have great player development. You know, you know, that's not why you're coming here. It's because you were drafted, you know. But what when you're recruiting kids, every college coach says, oh, our player development is unbelievable. Oh, we play a fast break style of play and everything. But what is your style of play? Offensively, uh, I, I really value just uh, getting a team to play for one another and play the right way. And what I mean by that is um, moving the ball, sharing the ball, and and the, the, what what we it's a positionless style basketball. And 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 one thing that we we talk about in that because I really believe it. Like I want to play an equal opportunity offense. I just don't believe in uh, everybody standing around and watching a uh, you know one guy dribble and, and, and taking the shot and, and you're told to go rebound and you're told to get back and mm-hmm. or in the same sense just every different that's the beauty of basketball different philosophies work and but but ours is that this is you you're, you're going to touch the ball every possession and and we're going to teach you concepts and we're going to try to teach you how to play and then we're going to let you go play. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 you got freedom to to it's in your rhythm and range, then let it fly. Um, but I don't want to coach the way where you've got to wait five possessions for your turn to get for me to call a play for you. Mm. And and so that's the truth, and that's the what we try to implement and 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 show is this is equal opportunity. You're going to touch the ball every possession. We're going to teach you concepts, and and then uh, we're going to teach you spacing and things, and then uh, we certainly let you play. Is there times for, in critical moments, times for the ball to be in a guy that's hot and things like that? Oh, of course, right? But um, we want to score off our defense and, and and let guys go out and play in transition. Um, but, but from an offensive standpoint, we've been five out and spacing the floor and – and, and concepts and, and equal opportunity. So one of the things that I was always curious about, because you had a f- fabulous two years at Presbyterian. I mean, I, th- I thought it was the best turnaround in the country. Um, for knowing what that job was, um, you know, when you took it to where it became, uh, getting a postseason tournament and stuff. And now all of a sudden... I don't, I'm not going to embarrass you, but you become a hot coach because now you've, that's what people that are letting coaches go, they need someone that can turn around their situation. Why did you decide on App State to leave from Presbyterian to App State? What drew you to that place? Well, um, excellent question. And I don't know if I've got the exact way to answer it other than, that was an incredibly humbling experience for me because I never went to Presbyterian ever, ever thinking about leaving Presbyterian. Mm, That's very good too. And, and so I never, ever once thought about, all right, I'm going to get this thing turned around in two years and we'll do this and never. And so 
it, it, it those kind of things, um, the calls and stuff were incredibly humbling. And because even as an assistant, I'd never gotten calls like that. I'd just kind of been a guy that just, um, where he was at, did his job. And, um, and so I, I, I just, it was, uh, new to me. Um, but for me, it is, um, first and foremost, when I, um, was getting those phone calls. It wasn't about leaving Presbyterian. Um, it was about, can my family be happy living here? Hmm. That was the most important thing in my decision was, will, will my family enjoy living there? And the second thing was, uh, can we, and, um, and I, I felt that with App State. I mm-hmm. felt like that my family would really enjoy living here, which we do. We love it. The high country, uh, the mountains, it's beautiful. And, um, uh, you know, it's just, it's been great. My, my, my wife and family really enjoy living here. We've got a lot of friends and, and then one, I really felt like we could win here. Bobby Crimmins, Buzz Peterson, Houston Fancher. Uh, people had, 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 had won here and it was a situation, um, different amount of years, but it'd been eight straight losing seasons where I would had, it just kind of got through that sort of experience at Presbyterian as, 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 and so that was a situation where, um, you know, I was, I was familiar with different level, different league and all that stuff. But, um, I just felt for me, um, uh, it's, 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 it's about those two things. Uh, is my family going to enjoy living there? Um, and two, uh, can we win there? Okay. Now pay forward, my friend. Um, I want you to give, we have coaches from all over the country and from many, many other countries that are listening. Give me one, two, or three things that you can advise an assistant coach to help him in his career? Yeah, there's so many things. I think that... Um, you can go past three. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, think, I think... I'll just try to keep it simple because I sure. think that that's, that's an element of it. I think as a young coach, you can get caught up into... Um, spending, you know, trying to network too much and doing all this stuff too much and do this too much and do be good at this and this and this and this. Just try to keep it simple and be authentic and bloom where you're planted. And if you can truly be committed to yourself to not um, spend half your day trying to network and stay top of mind. And because someone's told you, you got to meet people, you got to, you got to, you know, you got to stay fresh on their mind. And, um, if you can learn at an early age that that stuff is way overrated, um, and just focus on, just immerse yourself in doing the job that you're being paid to do. 
mm-hmm. or not be paid to do. You might be a volunteer assistant, but sure. you, well, that's your job. And um, look at Eric Spolstra. Video guy just immersed himself into that job. He wasn't trying to leave the video job and go be an assistant at the Hawks or this, that, and the other. He just immersed himself into that job. And, you know, I think one of the, 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 the most hardest thing as a coach to identify in recruiting or staff is buy-in and predict. I think it's very difficult to predict and identify how much someone is going to buy into you and your program as a player or staff. But when you feel it and when you see it, when someone then then and, and it becomes contagious, then that's when good things happen. And and I and I I think that in, in the coaching, you're we're all replacements. We're all replacements. Mm-hmm. And if you can make yourself irreplaceable, and I think you do that with the amount of buy in you have in your current job. That's when, when you do that and you, as a young assistant, help your uh, program be successful and opportunities then come, that's when you see your boss, your mentor, be happy for you because they know the amount of buy-in and that you had given to that program. Yeah. And, and I think that that is really sometimes difficult for people to understand that and get that concept. But I think the ones that do and truly get it are the ones that separate yourself. So if you're sitting there asking yourself, why am I not making that? Why am I not doing this? There's different variables in coaching. You're in one of the most competitive professions in the world. More and more people want to get in, but the spots stay the same. And there's so many different ways you can get in um, to coaching, uh, high school coach, junior college coach, AU coach, uh, former NBA player. Just there, there's, there's so many, there's two plus two doesn't equal four in coaching, but it's competitive because more and more people, the former players that finish playing, now they want to get in it, but the amount of positions don't change. Mm-hmm. But what's going to separate yourself as a young coach is no different than a player mindset you know everybody talks about why is this player mindset and they they they're they're addicted to the work they're addicted to the they fall in love with the process they're not trying to go to a to z without going to b to c to d to f to g to and and it's no different as a coach if if you're truly fall in love with the process and immerse yourself where you're at bloom where you're planted instead of going you're not trying to go from a to s without going from B to C to D, then you'll, then I think you'll have longevity in this profession. That's just my opinion. I'm not right. I, 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 I'm wrong about a lot of stuff, but that's my opinion is it's difficult because everybody. And like you said, everybody is trying to skip steps. The ones that don't skip steps are the ones that make it. Well the ones that don't get caught up in the comparison of why is he get that. And, and so early on in the age, I'm thankful I was, I listened to people like you 
and that said those same things. And I listened, and and um, I'm glad I did. And I trusted you guys. I trusted your wisdom, and and I and I and I believed it, and I found myself more happier. Um, and I and I I I I mean, think about it. Wofford, um, twelve fifteen hundred students, and now you've you had. You you had a gym when we won it when we won there. Now it's been built, right? But but, but back then there was a gym that no air conditioning. Yeah. Um, the bleachers were built in the seventh. We didn't focus on that stuff. Yeah. And now, I mean, I remember being there, and I had to tell kids it's W O F F O R D. Like <laughs> who? What? 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 Wofford? What? Yeah. But look at Mike Young now. Yeah. He did the same thing. He didn't get caught up into, well, why am, he, why am I not getting that job? Yeah. He just kept working, kept rolling his sleeves up. And, and you know, Mike Boynton at, at Oklahoma State yep. was an assistant at Wofford. And, 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 and I just think that you're, you look back at that, that, at that and you look at kind of what we, uh, and credit to Coach Young, he's the common denominator, but um, – that's the mindset that we had, and everybody had the same mindset. Uh, listen, let's just immerse ourselves into Wofford basketball. That's great. And uh, I would have never dreamed um, five years ago uh, that I would have be the head coach at Appalachia State. Never would have thought that. Never thought about that. Never would have thought it. I would have said, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. Um, there's no way. But I wasn't thinking about it. Sure. And uh, I hope that's a I don't know that's a long answer, but I I I truly believe that. Um. And I'll I'll leave you with this. I tell our team this a lot too. You know, we always hear this quote: "Secret to success." Ah, uh, the secret. To, there's no secrets. There's no secrets. Everybody knows. Everybody can go read these books, and everybody knows what it takes to, quote, be successful. Very few are committed to actually doing it. Mm-hmm. But we all know. Um, players know. Players know you got to get in the gym. you got to work. you got to be coachable. Uh, you got to be a great teammate. you gotta, you got to put extra work. But, but how many people want to do it? And, and so it's the same thing coaching. Like, um, some guys just get... They just can't. They just get caught up in the next job, the next job, the next job. And um, if they would have just stayed put and immersed themselves where they're at, then they would maybe be closer to what they want. Dustin Kearns, I'm so proud of you, man. Um, really proud of you. What you've become. Proud to have been honored that you asked me some questions along the way, and uh, and uh, you know you are paying it forward in a big way. And uh, and again. Uh, I'm a fan of yours, so I'm I'm really excited about what's happening in your career with your family and everything. Uh, that's what that's what keeps me going, and I appreciate you sharing this for coaches, not just the young guys. You know, the rising coaches, the rising stars in our business. We got coaches all over the world that are listening, and you know what? With my 50 years of experience, I learned something today. And that's what it's about constantly having a growth mindset to keep learning 
Dustin, I appreciate you so much, my friend, and really best of luck this season. Be safe, stay safe out there, my friend, and uh, and we'll talk real soon. Well, it's an honor coaching you. I remember when it started, and and just think about that and how many people get in the business to truly be a servant and help others. And I remember going to coaching you. Yeah. I remember, and 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 um, but but look at you. Look how many people you've impacted. Um, and you're in coaching for the right reasons. And um, you've impacted my life. You've impacted my career. I appreciate you. Uh, I value you. And I'm so glad that uh, I took those notes hmm. 10, 15 years ago and that I go back and read them. Right. And so you're the man. You appreciate you what you do for, for the game. Um and you certainly uh, impacted, and um, I'm honored to be on this. Well, let me tell you something. Coaching you has come a long way, and so have I. We're, we've upgraded from Fuddruckers, and we're now Chick-fil-A all the time, okay? So next time I see you, <laughs> next time I see you, my friend, we'll, have, we'll, share, we'll, share, we'll share a chicken sandwich, okay, my friend? And my best to you, and good luck this season, Dustin. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Love his journey. Love his path but love him as a guy, terrific coach, a real student of the game. And again, following his tips and his ideas for you, if you're an assistant, you know, it's about not getting uh, impatient. It's about taking those steps, getting involved, having passion with the process, and really working your job. So until next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. 